0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: last time on this show
0: browsing with intent to maybe purchase Tiso
1: PRX Powermatic 80 I think this is the watch for you tried
0: to sucker on and it didn't fit you suffer from gap wrist watch watch Timex Q reissue £95.40, that's why I bought it. You've actually bought one?
1: I'm very interested to see what you think, think. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to what is kind of like a, a part two to our previous episode. You might remember that we were talking about affordable watches, and uh, Tom surprised us with the fact that he had indeed made a purchase. We're all on tenterhooks, Tom, to find out how it went down. Tell us. Yeah, was it was all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny. So, yeah, I bought the Timex, and it's one that we've actually reviewed on the channel. And um, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't film that watch. I hadn't had any contact with it. I don't know if I'd pointed you in the direction of it and said, "Hey, look, this watch has got a cool '70s boxy style that I've not seen before. It might be good for a review." But yeah, I, I so I, I purchased it myself, and then um, I watched your review, and the last thing you said was what you get is a watch or something it's, yeah. it's just a watch yeah. I'm paraphrasing there and that was exactly the feeling I got when I <laughs> received it and put it on <laughs> I, I took it out of the box you know looked great yeah lovely popped it on my wrist looked at it went yep and then just got on with my day <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting I was expecting some kind of magic or to feel I don't know I'm not sure is that but it made me wonder oh is that what happens every time you buy a new watch I mean I've only done it a few times before but I don't know this I guess cuz this kind of was more a little bit more impulsive it just are you disappointed in it not at all no not at all it's absolutely fine it but it it just is absolutely fine it is <laughs> adequately satisfactory yeah um when i got that seiko 5 diver i i looked at that quite a lot throughout the day you know when you when you first get that on you keep checking it keep checking it out um but this i sort of almost instantly forgot about (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it is nice, I quite enjoy it It's I, You know it's there, not from the weight But because it latches onto you like a little parasite That mesh bracelet is constantly tugging at you And you're just like, ow, ow <laughs> Like you're getting sort of munched on by a, a little bug on your arm <laughs> But then it, that stops eventually
1: I think it, it completely kind of... Is there a bald patch around your wrist now, is that what's happened? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if it's sort of... You've mown your wrist Yeah, basically but other than that,
0: yeah, it's nice. I kind of, it's, I'm just, I'm just just wearing it now and not really thinking about it. There is one thing, it's got this nice acrylic crystal, this sort of domed plastic crystal, yep. and the imp of the perverse inside my brain always wants to push down on it with my thumb like a bottle cap <laughs> to see if it sort of pops in and out. But I've not, <laughs> I haven't really given it enough force yet. I d- you might have to push pretty hard. Yeah, There's, but there's this weird urge that I just want to... I don't know, squish it, but it doesn't really squish.
1: Okay, well, I suppose the big question is then: well one, do you regret the purchase, and two, do you feel it scratched the itch the PRX left?
0: No, I don't. I don't regret the purchase, um but I, then I didn't spend a, a, a massive amount of money on it anyway. It was quite an affordable watch, and and there was a forty percent discount on top of it. So in that regard, it, I I can't really feel too out of pocket, but um whether or not it scratched the itch the tisso left is
1: yeah i think maybe but for how long i don't know well i think this is a this is a great opportunity to talk about watch purchasing mistakes and as you get to this part of your watch purchasing experience you're going to start to learn some of the pitfalls that people do come across when buying watches so uh go on it sounds like you're all primed for that first big mistake
0: well, the first mistake, and um, I'd like to read a comment from uh, our YouTube community uh, first, mm. um, from Eduardo Toledo, who said, I was in love with the BB Chrono white dial. My ID called me, and the moment I wore it, I hated how it looked on me. It was a very sad moment. Not a watch for small wrists. Mm. Now, that sounds like Eduardo and I have had a, a shared experience there, because um, the Tissot PRX... Um, which we wanted to review for a while. And when we got our hands on it, it was something I was Mm -hmm. interested in for myself. So I took the opportunity to um, pop it on my wrist when it was about and found that the same as Eduardo just did not suit me. Yep. Um, Not a watch for small wrists and a very sad moment. Um... So I think that's the first mistake you can make is buying a watch without even seeing it
1: or trying it on first because... It sounds like a mistake you've, you've really learnt the double hard way because you did try the PRX on and were disappointed to learn that it didn't suit you and then bought the Timex without trying it on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But, so yeah, so both watches have this 70s style boxy aesthetic, which I've never really seen before in a watch, but the Timex is noticeably smaller, it's 38mm. So having learnt my lesson with the Tissot, I kind of felt like this is a much safer bet. I feel like I can... I can hedge my bets and when i get this on my wrist it will work i feel like the, the tiso was probably slightly too large if they scaled it down ever so slightly it'd be fine and that's
1: that's the scale of the the timex well good news and fuel for further regret because <laughs> rumor has it they are doing a smaller prx that's
0: crazy isn't it yeah there was a link on reddit to a uh, the mexican um tiso website which had them listed in the 38 millimeter size I'm impressed
1: with how quickly they reacted to your comment in the last episode.
0: Yeah, precognition it sounds like a new complication they're working on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean that's another mistake you can make, isn't it? Just being too hasty. Um, but
1: I mean, how long do you leave it? Yeah, you you have to you have to commit at some point, don't you? Um, yeah, yeah. There are some watches that have been around for donkeys years, and you could you could make that decision to purchase it just the moment before a brand announces. The slightly more improved version with the new hat yeah (laughs) so uh, yeah I mean one one of the big mistakes that I've made in the past with buying a watch is not to look into it enough not to do my research around the product
0: yeah as well as the
1: product itself so you go oh I like that that's really good and there's so many potential pitfalls with that because you can end up purchasing something that um, has very high servicing costs for example so you might see a Uh, a Chopard LUC and think, oh, that's core, that's Patek quality. For not even Rolex money these days, buy it and then realise when you have to send it away for a service, it could cost you thousands um, because it's it's a very niche product.
0: Or you could buy one of those Chopard sport watches with the little diamonds floating around in the dial thinking it's one of those old bubble jet water games (laughs) um, and
1: then realise that it's not... It's just a watch. Yeah, you spend ages trying to get them all on the little shelves, but there are no shelves.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: very disappointing. That would be. Um, But there there are a number of different brands as well. It really depends how important it is to you. But the the industry can be uh, lacking in transparency shall I say. And you might purchase a watch thinking, oh yeah, I bought a watch with a great in-house movement and that's really important to me and finding out that it's not, it's a shared movement within a group or something like that. So um, depending on how invested you are in the product can really determine how much you should research into it. And some of that research is actually quite hard to do. So with this Timex, how do you feel now you have worn it how do you feel it is compared to what you were expecting?
0: I, I feel like the, um, the actual experience of looking at watches on websites and seeing nice shiny images and uh, making purchases and then waiting for them to arrive and then opening the box right up until the point that you actually get the watch out and put it in your wrist is more exciting than the bit after that where you actually have it on your wrist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's interesting because I've, I've experienced a few different variations of that. And I think I think it is a mistake to get too hyped up into thinking that when you purchase a watch, it's going to change your world. Yeah. Uh, but there are some watches that I have been quite hyped about that I've purchased and then being not disappointed with, but almost nonplussed by. Yeah. Like you say, you, you put it on. So I had an IWC Mark 16 and it was a, a lovely, well-made watch very historical and all those sorts of things but Mm. like how you're describing now it was a watch and when I think about it well it's a very functional looking watch it's going to be a very functional experience but because I didn't really think too much about that it surprised me when I had that reaction in wearing it and owning it as opposed to the Royal Oak I had which is very much a superficial watch it's all about the, the finish um The movement isn't complicated, but it's well finished. And this styling, this very recognisable styling that seems to have... I don't know if I've never really seen it before. (laughs) But that watch, every time I looked at it, it made me feel special. Yeah. Because I I knew there was something more to it than it just being functional.
0: Yeah, you you can't, I'm kind of, I was looking for a sort of spark of magic where I was going to feel like, wow, my wrist is glowing. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that would, that would be my second mistake, um, which I alluded to earlier is this watch was, it was a revenge watch, basically. (laughs) (laughs) for not being able to rock the Tissot in the way that I'd liked um so yeah I I would say um a big mistake is to buy a watch in lieu of another watch don't buy a consolation watch if there's something you wanted and you can't have I would just say don't rush out and buy something that looks similar that you know think might scratch an itch Mm. yeah I think I was looking for the satisfaction that I was you know hoping with the Tissot would bring me and and i just sort of rebounded onto the Timex and, and it didn't really bring me any kind of satisfaction in a major way. And I think all it's done is just sort of postponed me from going after the real prize, the you know, the real Swiss prize. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, yeah, no, I, I entirely agree with you there. And it goes in a number of different directions as well, doesn't it? There's always a temptation now over something you could wait for. I, I often get tempted by watches that seem like bargains for what they are i know there's a watch that i want and it's perhaps a bit more expensive and i think oh if i'm saving for that and i see this other watch that oh that seems like really good value for money oh oh i like that it's very hard to differentiate between wanting something because you want it and wanting something because you can have it now
0: yeah 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 keep your eyes on the prize i mean if your prize doesn't suit you then just be patient maybe um
1: Look on some Mexican websites and see what they're doing. <laughs> because um, before you know it, you could spend all the money that you had earmarked for the watch you really wanted on a whole selection of other watches that actually you don't want quite so much. Yeah,
0: yeah. Don't don't clutter up the, the place with consolation watches. And in fact, I think one thing I would maybe suggest is if you are starting to feel the itch and you're kind of getting a bit bored or you're, you're saving and you're not quite there and... I'd get a new strap for your current watch. Oh, yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that'll, make, that'll make it feel like new. It's like changing the uh, home screen wallpaper on your mobile phone when you need a new mobile
1: <laughs> phone. <laughs> you get a couple of extra months out of it. Take the case off, feels like a new phone. Yeah. In, in the case that's often buying... A new watch is a bit of that new hat syndrome. You can almost literally buy your watch a new hat. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Get a lovely new strap for it. Yeah, no, it really does freshen up a watch. Um, Contrary to some of the mistakes that we have been warning people about here, uh, the Grand Seiko SBGV245 that I purchased was entirely a whim. Yeah. On something I had never tried on because I saw it had come up very affordably. And that actually turned out to be uh, one of my favorite watch purchases. But I think that was entirely by accident. That situation was an entire fluke. I had no idea what I was buying myself into there. It was my first Grand Seiko. It was a quartz. It was cheap. It was unpopular. It just so happens that it's become a very popular discontinued watch that's increased in value that has been lauded um, across many different platforms. Entirely fluke. I had I had yeah. no I had no intelligent decision making in that process other than just going oh shiny. Grand Seiko are shiny though.
0: They aren't are very. They? Shiny. And you knew that much. I knew that much. You knew <laughs> was going to get something shiny. That was
1: my own first personal one. So I, I and it was a cheaper one. So I, I I didn't know I didn't know.
0: That's great when that happens, isn't it? If you catch a bargain or you you find some buried treasure or something and you you can get something quick and before you know it you've got something really amazing on your wrist just flies in through the window out of nowhere. That's great. And, and I mean this is all just guidance. Really isn't it? These aren't hard and fast rules that you need to live by. And in fact, one one mistake I would probably add is um, listening to other people and caring about what other people say. You know, if you, I've seen lots of people wearing that that tissot on you know social media and Reddit and places like that, and it's looking great. You know, wrists of all shapes and sizes. If you if you find delight in it, go for it. You know, if 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 it if it wears too big or too small, whatever.
1: But you like it, who cares? Yeah, I mean, we we can give people all the advice that we like, but ultimately it's down to their preference. I think people conflate with watches, the difference between the objective and the subjective. This is such a subjective field, isn't it? No one's saying, oh, you won't be able to fly your plane if you don't get this one, or you won't be able to race around the track if you don't get that one. It's like, which do you like the most? And I'll I'll let you into a little secret. The first luxury watch I ever purchased was a U-boat. Oh, right. Because it was the first one I saw that I really, really liked. A 50mm flight deck U-boat with bright yellow indices and markers. And I bought it and then I ventured into the forums and then I regretted my purchase. Yeah.
0: Doing research after you buy something is dangerous. If you've got it and you like it,
1: then, you know, job done. You don't need to research it. Yeah. (laughs) So that's that's another mistake. If you don't do the research before, don't do it afterwards either. (laughs) Um, Because... Actually, in hindsight now, I regretted the purchase having done that research, but in hindsight, no, I enjoyed that watch. I liked it. It was right for me at the time. And um, the thing I regret most is listening to the people who told me I was wrong. Yeah,
0: like those those people told me I was wrong to wear a Panerai Jitsiano, but
1: I showed them. <laughs> yeah it's all very subjective people can say that's the wrong watch that's the right watch you should buy for this reasons that reasons it's too big it's too small it's not in-house enough it's too in-house it's all down to what you as an individual want and really what you should be looking for is solid advice not opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, this is yeah, this is just advice, isn't it? And once you sort of shed yourself of those kind of um boundaries, those fabricated limitations, then you know, you open yourself up to a world of possibility. You might discover Rolex, and, you know, been coveting these Grand Seiko's all the time, but you know, Rolex are pretty good as well. <laughs> there, there's so there's so much stuff out there. You might get yourself a satisfactory Timex. <laughs>
1: At 40% off. <laughs> um, it's like that old expression, isn't it? About teaching some bloke to go fishing and that, or buying him a fishing rod. Mm. If if we can impart information that helps people make their own decisions rather than telling people what decisions they should be making, then I feel like that's job done. Yeah, defo. But that's the big difference, isn't it? It's about It's about being forearmed to make your own decisions rather than being told what to do. The reason why people have such strong opinions, because this is a very emotional field, isn't it? Collecting watches is not a practical one, on the most part, except for a few things like buying watches for residuals, for investment. Yeah. And I would say, again, this is something that I have uh, fallen victim to myself, having purchased a string of Rolexes, is moving from a Rolex I really enjoyed to one I didn't because I thought it would be a better investment. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I had a previous gen Ratley bracelet uh, no-date Submariner, and I swapped out to, and I, I don't think it cost me that much more at the time, £500 or so um, relative to today's prices, to a GMT, the first ceramic GMT. And I just did not get on with that ceramic GMT. I didn't try it on first. I didn't really look into it. Um, people said it was oh the new and shiny one to go for, and people said it was a better investment. So I swapped out to that one, and I deeply regret it, because really now both of those watches are out of reach, and I wish I'd still had the first one. So I, I would say it's very important when you are looking to purchase a watch to consider what's going to make you enjoy it. Unless you're one of these people who is buying watches and you, you put them in a safe and it is purely an investment thing, If you go looking for a watch that you want to enjoy and feel special wearing to mark an occasion, but yet your primary factor is investment, you might find yourself like I did with a watch on your wrist that you don't really care for, and then you'll double down with the fact that you go I can't sell this watch to buy the watch I do want because this one is, I'll be making a financial mistake. I'll be kicking myself for losing money years down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you end up in a a lose-lose situation where you've got a product you don't actually want.
0: I know where you're coming from there. I've got the um, version one Nintendo Switch with the uh, red Joy Cons that was bundled with Super Mario Odyssey, right? But I'd like to upgrade to the new Switch OLED version for the greater screen real estate and OLED technology. But the thing is, I feel like the Odyssey bundle is now discontinued, so that's worth more. And I kind of I don't want to part with it because I'm worried it might become extremely valuable rare and collectible but it's sort of inferior to the current model that's out there so i I know where you're coming from there with with your rolex um
1: watches Mm -hmm. yeah well i think you're on the right lines um (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah it's it's a fairly recent thing this whole purchasing watches for investment there's always been this sense of a Swiss watch has good residuals and it's a good purchase but more on the basis that you won't be spending thousands of pounds or something that becomes worthless this this idea now of purchasing watches and the prices that they're increasing by the turnover is so fast and the increase is so fast um, it's it's crazy it's crazy what the market is demanding yeah uh, and, and what it wants and I, I find it I find it hard to get on board with one because I want to enjoy the watches I purchase and two, because I can no longer afford it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like, um, watch shopping tier that I don't think I'll ever get into. It doesn't appeal to me anyway. I, I, yeah, I only ever buy things just to enjoy them. I mean, I'm I'm in a kind of a weird situation where I'm talking about my recent purchases, but really, you know, I only just purchase things for me
1: to enjoy for as long as they last. Um, and i think that links onto the the final mistake that people make is chasing the expectation of what a watch or anything that you can purchase will bring to you yeah when you buy a watch you should buy it on the understanding that it is what it is in the case of your timex it really is a watch in the case of my Grand Seiko, it's a very well-made watch that stands up to great um, scrutiny. is very accurate and is made by people who really care. And there are many different watches that tick different boxes. Rolex is a very uh, highly regarded brand, lots of history, well-made. Everyone knows what it is. You can feel very special wearing a Rolex because you've got a product that says, "I made it." That's that's that is a. Some people might call that superficial, but that's a very, very valid reason for purchasing a watch. Yeah. Because it makes you feel good and you can't criticise someone for that. Yeah. But that might not be for someone. Someone else might want something that no one has heard of that is all about the craft that they can sit there and study and they put that money into a dorm booth instead. Uh, and that for me is the the real big mistake that people make is not purchasing a watch that is right for them and purchasing something that they have too high an expectation for so don't do that
0: unless you want to
1: (laughs) (laughs) summarize it into quite simply buy the watch that you want so uh tell us dear viewers and listeners what mistakes have you made in the past and what recommendations would you make to advise someone on their journey uh whether they're just getting started or if they've been at it for a while we'd love to hear what you think um, and we'd love to see what your reactions are to our mistakes and to Tom's uh, <laughs> Tom's post-purchase clarity. <laughs> um, let us know if you've had any similar experiences. And, and I think we'll close with this. Buying a watch is as much about the journey, the anticipation, the research, the enjoyment. Take your time with it. Don't rush into purchases. Don't purchase things on a whim, even if I have done myself. <laughs> Just enjoy getting there and um that will give you time to subscribe as well so until next time have fun